Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hey friends. Welcome to another After 9. I'm Scott. Solo today. Solo Scott all this week in the After 9 podcast. Kat is on vacation, for those who don't know. She's uh, she's organized something really cool. Her entire family is at one resort. And if you've, uh, we mentioned this last week, it, it seems like the resorts in the Caribbean aren't all that busy right now. It seems like it anyway. Everybody who comes back makes the comment, the resort was dead. Hardly anybody there. Now, granted, that depends on where you're going, but uh, I have a feeling Kat and her entire family have got an entire Caribbean resort to themselves right now, and they're having a great time. I see those private snaps. They're, uh, they're doing well. But Kat will be off this week, so After 9 is going to be a little bit different. It's just me this week. I'm going to bring in a couple of friends of mine that are going to talk about various different things uh, and a whole wide range of topics, too. We're going to be talking to Chris Welker, uh, licensed insolvency trustee later on this week. Chris has been a longtime radio advertiser on the Scott and Cat show, and I love him for that. But that's not the reason we're bringing him in. We're going to bring in Chris because I have a feeling that we're being lied to, that we're being completely misled. If you're a long-time listener, you probably know there's one issue on my mind and one issue only, the middle class. And I'm really, really worried about the middle class and what they're going through right now. uh, They kind of glance right over it in the news, don't they? You know, the news isn't covering the amount of people that are really struggling right now. And they'll, they'll maybe throw out a platitude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of people struggling right now. Donate to the food bank. Fuck. It's so frustrating. There's people losing their homes. There's people going bankrupt. There's people who are losing everything right now. And that's just personal. Haven't even gotten to the businesses yet. We're going to do that in just a few minutes here on the Scott and Cat Show. So Chris is going to come in and he's going to tell you the truth. He's going to tell you about the number of people that are calling him looking for um, a consumer proposal to try and negotiate down their debt and people that are flat out ready to consider bankruptcy. And the reason I think we're being done such a disservice by the mainstream media in this country is nobody's covering it in no other scenario. Can I imagine the news not covering record numbers of Canadians using food banks and not being able to pay their bills? But I get it. If they cover it, they've got to acknowledge it's real. And government needs to acknowledge it's real. And right now, even government doesn't seem to want to talk about how many people are struggling. Now, one of the simple ways that we could take some of the pressure off of families is to stop charging the damn carbon tax. We know the carbon tax is nothing more than a tax. They brought it in under the guise of, well, if you you pay more, we can change the weather. And that's just not reality. It's not reality at all. 
You know, if we are trying to change habits and things like that, maybe we could have a conversation about taxation to try and and create an incentive for people to not use as many fossil fuels. But that's just not reality. Not in Canada. Not in 2023. This whole thing has been thrown at Canadians to deal with from a very wealthy prime minister who is implementing an agenda of his own. It really has very little to do with Canada because Canada's emissions, as you know, are, are virtually nil. On the global stage, we're not a major contributor to to climate change, but for some reason, we need to be the ones here who have got to eat the cost, lose our homes, and have to turn the heat off in the winter because of this punishing carbon tax. So Pierre Polyev introduced a motion last week. He wants the House of Commons to vote on whether or not we should take the the tax off of home heating. I'm going to bring in Pierre Polyev here. He's going to explain his motion and he's going to ask the Prime Minister a question. This is from late last week. When asked why the Prime Minister paused the pain of the carbon tax for only some people, the Liberal Rural Affairs Minister said, well, other people should have elected Liberal MPs if they wanted to be able to afford heating their home or feeding their kids. The Prime Minister has not denounced that viewpoint. In fact, he's doubling down on punishing people elsewhere. But Liberal MPs in Sudbury, Thunder Bay, North Bay, Sault Ste. Marie, they have starving constituents who are worried about the heat going out as well. Will they have a free vote on my motion to keep the heat on and take the tax off for everyone this Monday? And you know what? That's a fair question. We should be having that conversation. Why are we just taking it off of oil, home heat? What about all the people that are heating their homes with with diesel? What about all the people that are heating their homes with propane? What about all the people that are heating their homes with the very, very green alternative compared to oil? Natural gas, which Canada happens to have an exceptional reserve of. We could be doing just fine living off of natural gas, and and maybe there needs to be a little bit of taxation on it, but not when we're going to take the tax off for some people, particularly when that benefits one specific geographical area, in particular, Atlantic Canada. I think most people see that this is a political thing. The Prime Minister freaked out that his poll numbers are as bad as they are in Atlantic Canada. Atlantic Canadians are losing their minds. Why are we being punished like this well now they got a break but the rest of the country didn't and a lot of people are wondering why didn't we get a break when atlantic canada got a break what does the prime minister say about all this take two minutes to listen to this fella jurisdictions where the carbon tax uh, uh, the uh, uh, backstop applies receive more money uh, from the climate action incentive uh, than they pay on average uh, in the climate change uh, uh, climate the price on pollution by the way that has been completely debunked even the parliamentary budget officer says that is complete and total nonsense that is not true the vast majority of canadians are paying far more than they're actually getting back we decided to take a slightly different tack of suspending the uh, price on pollution on home heating oil for three years. Mr. Speaker, my honourable colleague knows very well that the program he's referring to puts a price on pollution and puts more money in the pockets of Canadian families. He's now proposing to take it away so he can make pollution free again. 
but there will be no carve-out for a province. How fair would it be for, for, for the rest of the Federation if we started carving out exception for, for provinces? We didn't do it for pricing. Because of the affordability crisis right across this country, looking at other carve-outs for other types of home heating in the future? That's a discussion that we'll have down the road when we know that this one is working. But I can tell you, Atlantic Caucus was vocal with what they've heard from their constituents. Perhaps they need to elect more Liberals on the prairies so that we can have that conversation as well. Perhaps yeah, you don't hear that one more time. Perhaps they need to elect more liberals on the prairies. Why wait until now to do this? I think this is an important moment where we're uh, adjusting policies so that they have the right outcome. Just a little bit of the prime minister and the liberal caucus members talking about this contradiction where Atlantic Canada benefits primarily from cutting the carbon tax off of heating oil, but the rest of the country, who's already using much more green alternatives like natural gas, gets nothing. It's crazy to me. So where are we at now? Well, today in the House of Commons, they're going to vote on it. The NDP, and I'm really shocked to say this, the NDP is going to vote with the Conservatives demanding that the Liberal government remove the carbon tax from home heating. By the way, this is just a piss in the ocean. We're paying carbon tax on absolutely everything. When you look around at how much the cost of everything has gone up, it links back to the carbon tax. You know, if you tax the people who grow the food and you tax the people who ship the food, you're taxing the food itself. And we're just okay with that? I don't think so. I don't think the vast majority of people are okay with this. The problem is the vast majority of people can't actually tell you how much the carbon tax costs them because it's so deeply embedded into all the costs that we pay. You know, it used to be, and it still is, that when you got a receipt for something you paid for, it broke down how much you pay in HST. It'll tell you how much you pay in fuel tax, for example, when you get gas. I don't know why it can't say carbon. Oh, I do know why it can't say carbon tax. Because the government has taxed us again. But they don't want us to know exactly how much we're paying. You know, if you could look at the receipt from getting gas and see that, I don't know, 15 cents a liter, 20, 30 cents a liter that you filled up on was carbon tax, that would be good information to know. The thing is, they don't want us to know how much we're paying in carbon tax. And you know what? It's not just on gas. It's not just on groceries. It's on absolutely everything. We had a lot of conversations earlier. It wasn't even just this year. It was last year and the year before, too, about supply chains. Well, supply chains make the world go round. We need to get PEI potatoes to every McDonald's location in Canada so they can make their fries. That's just one example. Well, McDonald's, in case you haven't noticed, has raised their prices. There's a new video that's going viral, and it's somebody saying out loud what maybe you yourself have thought about the last time you went for fast food. Listen to this. McDonald's. So I get there's a labor shortage. I get there's wage increases and a number of other things. But $16, $16 for a burger, a large fry, and a drink. It's, it's just crazy. Even McDonald's is becoming food for the wealthy. Even McDonald's is becoming food for rich people. You know, it used to be if you had five bucks in your pocket, you were getting a couple McDoubles, some fries, a drink. Even further back, full combo with a milkshake for like four bucks. 
Now some of these combos are costing $16. What is going on around here? Now, not all of that is the carbon tax, like that man said himself. You know, part of it is the, uh, the, the labor shortage. That I don't understand at all. There's so many people here. There's so many people that are not only looking for a job, they're looking for a second job. We've got a record number of people losing their jobs in the tech sector. I assume they don't want to go and work at your uh, average run-of-the-mill McDonald's. But nonetheless... There's a lot of factors that go into it, but carbon tax is a fairly meaningful part of this. The question is, how are the liberals going to vote today? Will the liberals vote to keep the boss happy? And by boss, I mean Justin Trudeau. Or are the liberals able to read the tea leaves and see that the entire country is livid with them for what they've done to the middle class and actually do the right thing and vote to take that carbon tax off of home heating? But then it opens up a real can of worms, right? If they do take it off home heating, which is perfectly reasonable in a country that gets snow for five months a year, perfectly reasonable to suggest that we take it off of that, what else should it come off of? Or should we have it at all? You know, I'm hearing a lot more people that say, you know what, forget just the home heating. Scrap the whole damn thing. Scrap it because the whole premise is ridiculous. People don't know how much they're paying. They do see these rebates coming back. And in a lot of cases, we already know that every time the government starts sending out money, our inflation goes up, which then makes those pricks at the, gov- at the Bank of Canada raise interest rates. And people are sick of it. People are tired of it. If you are a liberal MP, you must be feeling pretty conflicted right now. Do you cross the boss? Do you vote against Justin Trudeau and do what your constituents want you to do? And I'm pretty sure we can run a poll in just about every riding in the nation. I don't think very many of them would say, no, we've got to keep the tax. I don't think very many of them would do that at all. So I have to think that these liberal MPs that are going to be voting today on this bill, which is non-binding, by the way, it's very, very cowardly. Not only should this have been binding, it should have been a confidence vote. This is the House of Commons standing up to the government and saying, hey, what you're doing is really hurting the middle class. I don't think we're going to get there. I really don't think we're going to get there. And it's unfortunate. We should have this tax taken off. In fact, it's been suggested we should have a whole election about it. Let's have an election on the carbon tax. And you know what? If the liberals are in favor of taxing Canadians even more, let them stand up and say it. If the conservatives don't want it, well, we've already heard them say it. They're going to ax that whole tax on day one. Be kind of nice to know where everybody else stands, though. Uh, The NDP voting with the conservatives on this is a little off-brand. I think they like to position themselves as fine environmentalists. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. This is just, like I said, a bit of an off-brand vote for them to vote with the Conservatives, but maybe it's a sign of things to come. Maybe it's a sign of things to come. By the way, one more thing on the Prime Minister. I don't want to turn the whole thing into a shit on Justin Trudeau podcast, but frankly, there's a lot of people that are pissed off, and there's a lot of people looking for leadership. The Prime Minister's getting it on all angles. Not only is he probably going to have the House of Commons today vote to take the carbon tax off of home heating, he's also got to deal with the situation in Israel. What happened on the weekend here in Canada, I think, was the biggest escalation yet. There was an actual swastika pictured on a sign on Parliament Hill. An actual Nazi swastika displayed on Parliament Hill. Now, there's been widespread calls for that to be condemned. I would hope that all of our leaders are going to condemn that because that's a hate-related symbol. We don't tolerate that in Canada, as far as I know. 
But I also see that nobody's been charged yet. So we'll leave that with the police. I'm sure that they will do the right thing here. But the prime minister is now realizing there's a lot of people that disagree on what's happening over in the Middle East. Many stalwart supporters of Israel. They think Israel has a right to defend themselves. Hamas has still got a couple hundred Israeli and international hostages being held in Gaza right now. They invaded southern Israel. They they murdered and mutilated a whole bunch of people. In any other circumstance, I think the world would agree, well, that country has a right to retaliate. They have a right to eliminate the threat so that this can't happen again. But it's not as cut and dried when it comes to Israel, Palestine, and Hamas being part of the equation here it's not even the prime minister doesn't know what to say this is him trying to get his thoughts together on friday in washington Um, we need to see a cease Uh, we need to see a a humanitarian pause so we can flow Uh, we need to see ceasing of 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 the levels of violence that we're seeing what Um, we need to see a cease Uh, we need to see a, a humanitarian pause so we can flow Uh, We need to see ceasing of, of, of the levels of violence that we're seeing. What is he talking about? You know, (laughs) I think he wanted to say something and and his words started to come out and then his brain was like, whoa, pull it back, pull it back. That was basically unintelligible. Um, We need to see a cease. Uh, We need to see a, a humanitarian pause so we can flow uh, we need to see ceasing of, of, of the levels of violence that we're seeing. Um, we need... Yeah, I, I can't listen to it anymore. It's crazy. Uh, moving on. Oh, and by the way, at the end of this episode is going to be a special archived edition of Missed Connections that is going to come up at the end of this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A few other things happening. It's a wildfire yesterday in Vaughan. For those listening in the U.S. or around the world, other parts of Canada, Vaughan is a big area, beautiful area, just north of Toronto. Vaughan is where the amusement park, Canada's Wonderland, would be. Well, they're building a lot of homes, and they're going to have to start over on 40 of them. A fire that burned most of the day yesterday. Around 40 units of a townhome complex under construction in Vaughan did a lot of damage. York Region Police, Vaughan Fire, they were called to the scene near Rutherford and Highway 27 just before 4.15 yesterday, Sunday. Fire officials say the blaze spread quickly. A fire truck that was positioned in a way that it could battle the flames. When the flames switched, it got caught in it and we burned down a million dollar fire truck. Fortunately... No no firefighters were injured in this, but we lost a million-dollar fire truck fighting this fire that took out 40 townhouses that were under construction, almost, in some cases, ready for new owners to move in. Nobody injured. Some people in the area, homes that are already built, were evacuated for several hours as a precaution. I think most people, when they hear this story think one of two things oh my god what a horrible tragedy oh that's terrible what a horrible tragedy 
And then there's other people who are very aware of the realities that we're dealing with right now. People are broke. In some cases, people agreed to buy one of these new construction homes months or even years ago. Well, now it's time to close, time to get the keys, it's time to move into your new place, and holy shit, mortgage rates have gone through the roof. In some cases, the builder is charging them more than they agreed to pay, and that's because their costs have gone up. It's a weird set of different circumstances that different people are in, but I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I'm hearing... Some people are intentionally burning down homes that they can't or don't want to or no longer want to move into because it's just too expensive. So it's going to cost the insurance industry an absolute fortune. Not the first time even recently that we've heard of new rows of homes that are just about complete go up in flames. It's happening a lot lately. And I'm wondering at what point is somebody going to step in and say, "Okay, listen, we get it. You can't afford to close. Situation has changed. We're going to create a mechanism for people to get out of these purchases without having to go and burn down a perfectly good new home. You know, maybe you don't want it anymore. Maybe when you signed up for it, you thought you were going to be locked in at a 2% interest rate, and now it's 7 I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to close either. Who wants to pay more for something that they were going to pay less for? Nobody wants to do that. Burning it down, though? Dangerous, dangerous stuff. And, and you know what? It is horrible for insurance. And part of the reason I'm curious about that is because all of our insurance rates go up in that case. Somebody should do something and create a mechanism that people who have agreed to buy a home and no longer want it have the option to get out without having to risk an arson charge and possibly killing somebody. Just something to think about. The number of Canadian businesses going bust is passing. Now, the pre-pandemic levels, the Office of the Superintendent of Bankruptcy says there were 1,129 businesses filing for bankruptcy or a proposal in the third quarter alone. Pre-pandemic, that was down in the 800s. Insolvency trustees say the withdrawal of COVID supports, higher interest rates, and softening consumer spending are the main factors. They also say an increasing number of individuals are seeking help with personal debt in this high interest rate environment. I don't think anybody's surprised to hear that. I really don't. I think everybody understands that as things have become so unaffordable for, was it 19 months now, the Bank of Canada? 19 months since they started raising interest rates. After the first couple, it started to set this into motion. Now they've done so many interest rate hikes that I have a feeling we're going to lose a lot of businesses. Everybody I talk to is struggling right now. There are so many restaurants and businesses in the hospitality industry in particular that are not going to make it through the winter. They're going to lose it all. And it is so damn sad. It was so damn preventable. All of this could have been avoided, but we insisted on going down the wrong road in this country. That's not the only bit of financial news, though. A new report from StatsCan says one in three Canadians are living in a household that's experiencing financial hardship. The highest proportion of people living in financially strapped households Southern Ontario. Yeah, it's one of the most expensive places on earth to live these days. Individuals aged 15 and older reported living in households that found it difficult or very difficult to pay for necessary expenses like their transportation, their housing, food, and clothing 
in the last month. That's how bad it is. One in three. And those are just the ones who admitted it. You know, back to the beginning, I was talking about the fact that there's no media coverage of what the middle class is going through right now. Nobody is talking about it. I think there should be a ticker on every newscast. And every time there's another bankruptcy or consumer proposal, it should tick up. We as Canadians should know what the situation is like, but they bury it. They aren't covering it. They want you to think you're the only one. They want me to think I'm the only one. My mortgage compared to what it was two years ago is insane. Your mortgage, if you're on a variable rate or you've renewed recently, you already know. So many people are losing out and they're being made to live in shame and isolation because there's not any mainstream widespread coverage of this. Really, really frustrating and really, really curious. You know, I I don't talk to too many reporters per se, but I really cannot understand why this is not being covered more. Just a couple more stories before we get to the replay of Missed Connections. In Mississauga, Peel Police investigating another reported incident of a needle being found in Halloween candy. The second report filed about this type of incident in Mississauga. Police don't yet know if there's a connection. I don't know if there's a connection either, but I do know that the parents would know roughly where those kids went trick-or-treating. If there's now two of them, and these are legit, not somebody looking for attention, not somebody playing woe is me, not somebody looking to sue a big corporation, just honest to God, regular parents that were going through their kids' Halloween candy noticed something was tampered with and found a needle or a pin inside. If this is legit, I would love to think, and I'm pretty confident they will. Peel police are on it. They've got a great chief. I have a feeling they're going to aggressively go after who it was that decided to do this. And you know what? When they find them, we shouldn't treat this just like a, uh, a mischief charge, which is likely what it would be. Mischief, assault, I don't know. There's not a lot, really, you can charge them with. And as you know, in Canada, we don't really have very strict penalties for those sort of things anyway. I hope they throw the book at this person. This is someone who is completely undermining a time-honored tradition that goes back decades that we all did. They're ruining the whole concept of Halloween. And Halloween was on its, it was on shaky ground to begin with. Once parents start hearing stories like this, that's horrible. It's going to be a lot of people who just say, you know what, fuck it. It's not worth going out anymore. Not worth doing it. You can trick or treat in, I don't know, our street. Maybe you can go across to the neighbors or go visit your grandparents and that's it. I'd really love to think that we don't have to make mass changes because some idiot decided to do this. But police are on it. If you've experienced anything like that, something that you suspect may have been tampered with, just give police a call. Doesn't even have to be Peel Police, wherever you happen to live, and they will look into it. And again, I hope they do find it. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys about my weekend, too. That was one of the other things I wanted to do on this episode. I was in Peterborough this weekend. I want to do a shout out to everybody in Peterborough. I love that city. Every time I'm in Peterborough, it reminds me of somewhere that I've been and I can't put my finger on it. Beautiful river running through it. The campus at Trent University has really modernized. I got to give Trent full coverage. Sorry, full credit. The reason I was in Peterborough is because I was there for the national university lacrosse championships and it was a great tournament it was uh the university of guelph brock 
Carleton. It was uh, Western University. It was, oh shit, I'm going to forget somebody. McGill University. In fact, the final came down to Western versus McGill. It was a big East versus West match. And it was, I think, tied going into the fourth quarter. In the end, the Western Mustangs won it. And uh, it was great to see. I think that is their seventh national championship. It was an honor for me to be there and present the cup. So congratulations to everybody involved. I just wish I could remember the sixth team that was in the tournament. As the commissioner, I should probably figure that out. In any case, great experience in Peterborough this weekend. If you live there, I think you're very lucky because I really like that city. The other thing I was going to mention, we talked about this briefly today on the Scott and Cat show on the radio. I got a new toy. Normally, it's Cat that does this. Normally, Cat is the drunk shopper. Cat's the type of person who, when, when the mood is right and when she's feeling good, she's all settled in for the night and she's having a glass of wine or something, she likes to pull out the Amazon app and, ooh, I'll buy this, I'll buy that. That's why she's got basically a lifetime supply of Yankee candles. That was a drunk purchase that uh, you can't really do anything about now other than burn those candles and enjoy the smell. I don't normally do that because I'm really cheap. However, I did it. I did it last week. And I didn't just buy a box of candles. It's not like I ordered some supersized box of coffee pods or anything like that. I bought a scooter. <laughs> I bought a scooter. No shit. I, uh, when I was in Indianapolis last time visiting my son, they have what many cities here in Ontario are starting to adapt to. You know those those electric scooters? You know, you just tap the app and scan the barcode, and boom, it lights up, it charges your credit card, and you can ride the scooter all over the place. Well, they sell them, too, and I bought one. What am I going to do with it? I don't know. In my head, at the time I purchased it, I thought, this is going to be great. I can ride it everywhere. Well, I really can't ride it everywhere. I've got a 45-minute commute one way to work. I don't think the scooter is going to cover that. It's got a maximum range, I think, of 50 kilometers. This thing is fast, though. It goes up to 40 kilometers an hour. Am I crazy, or does that seem like a little too much power for a regular run-of-the-mill person who's just trying to get from A to B? I told myself, well, maybe I'll just ride it to the grocery store. It's only around the corner. And then I thought, A, I could probably walk to the grocery store, and B, I don't know how I'd carry everything home if I had a scooter. So I haven't figured out a practical purpose for it, but this is going to be something. I'm going to share some video with you guys at some point. It'll be on my Instagram. Once I figure it out, it's, uh, it's a little faster than the ones you see just laying on the street that you can scan the code and pay in the app and ride. A little faster than those. A little more power. couple other options. Still trying to figure it out. Still trying to decide if I want the seat or no seat. Maybe just use it as a stand-up. I don't know yet. But either way, I bought a scooter. And I'm going to leave it at that because when Kat comes back, she is going to piss her pants laughing when she finds out I did that. She's going to have a lot to say when she finds out I got a scooter. Then I'm going to bring the scooter in and let her go for a ride, and that will keep her perfectly pacified for all eternity because she's going to love it. Got to go, everybody. Uh, guests coming up later on this week. We will talk about uh, financial insolvencies, consumer proposals, things like that. We're also going to talk about dating. Pretty good friend of mine has... Uh, He's cracked the code. He's figured out how to do it. He's somebody, we even mentioned this back in the summer. He's somebody who's been on over a hundred Tinder dates with various levels of success. We'll talk to him later on this week. In the meantime, here's the replay of today's Missed Connections. Missed.
Missed Connections. Missed Connections on the Scott and Cat Show. Hang on one second. Somebody moved the piano. Again? Yeah. Don't, don't they know, know when why, Monday is? I don't know. Why, why would anybody move my piano? Can you help, help him out? Can you help him move that? There you go. Hang, hang on better? a second. Hang on. A is little bit good, more. Good, good, good. Yep. Okay. Okay, Sounds we're good. good. All right. So Missed Connections time is where we tell you the stories of people who have had an encounter in the past and they can't find each other now. They've gone their separate ways. One is looking for the other and told the story online. Here we go. I feel like either of these would have been fun to just witness, honestly. The first one, we're going to take you to the LCBO in Ancaster. Oh, lovely. What's going on, Ancaster? This is a man for woman. I imagine that's a busy place. <laughs> you. Long hair. Attractive woman. You had a cart. You walked past me with your cart a couple times. You had about seven bottles of wine in your cart. You looked up at me. I was staring at you. Not judging. I just think you're beautiful. You felt my presence and said, I'm having guests over! Well, wish I was invited. But I think I lost my chance. Didn't mean to creep you out. And I hope to connect with you again. Lot to unpack there. First off, when you go into the LCBO and grab a cart, you mean business. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a party! Just so everyone, this isn't all for me. They should just put a sign on the cart that says, I'm having a party. (laughs) Don't judge. Or, mind your own business. (laughs) Hey, listen, nobody likes to do continuous trips. And if you're going to go through seven bottles of wine in, I don't know, seven days, 14 days, 21 days, you get it all at once. So you save yourself a couple of trips. You don't need to judge somebody based on how many bottles are in their cart. Bottles of wine are heavy, too. Like, even if I'm buying, like, two or three, like, I have people over, I buy a few bottles. I'm not going to hold that in my hand. Have you seen some how long the lines are sometimes? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm not going to hold that. Let's talk. What do you think I am? Exactly. You're not. I'm going to get a cart. Superman. You can't hold all those (laughs) bottles. But let's talk about the people that look in other people's cart at the LCBO and start judging. Thank you. And to know, by the way, like, I know he said he wasn't judging her and maybe he was just trying to hit on her. That's fine. He found her attractive. But how did he actually come to the conclusion of you had seven bottles of wine? I think you did kind of creep into her cart a little bit. How did you know it was seven? You were counting. He was obviously counting them. Uh, listen, whether it's wine, beer, spirits, it doesn't really matter. Mind your own business. Mind your business. And by the way, trying to pick somebody up by pointing out how much they drink is probably <laughs> not the best place to start. No. Could have gone a lot of other ways. LCBO actually is probably a great place to, like, pick up. Oh. There's good, there's good practices, right? Like, you could say... Hey, could you mind help? Do you know anything about this? If they're in that section, like, do you know a lot about reds? Because I don't know much. Or, hey, do you, do you know your gin? Because I need to buy some for a friend. There's lots of different ways that you can try to make your way into a conversation. But staring at them until they have to point out, I'm having guests over. Leave me alone, creeper. is not good. <laughs> you have lost your chance. I do agree. It's a good place to start a combo, particularly about wine. If you can get that conversation going in the wine section, boom, you might even get invited over for a glass. I like having conversations with the people that work at the LCBO, honestly. They're, they, they all seem like a good time. Like, they all seem like fun. Like, I'll sit there and I'll be like, dang, these bottles are pretty. And then we have, a, like, a conversation for 15 minutes about wine bottles and how they look pretty. One of the things that I love about the LCBO is some of the staff, particularly the people in charge of ordering in what gets stocked at that store, 
really want to talk to you. They're actually very engaging. And if you go up and say, hey, how come there's not a lot of California Merlot right now? They'll give you a big detailed explanation. They'll offer to order some in for you. They're really helpful. Yeah. Not if you're trying to pick them up and point out that they've got an alcohol problem. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of a non-starter, dude. The next one is called the Express Route Thursday. Uh, this, I believe, is a man for a woman as well. You came to the front of the bus door today. You were saying something to some guy standing outside the door. I heard you talking, but couldn't figure out what you were talking about. It got louder and louder. Finally, you told him to eat a donkey and gave him the finger. <laughs> As the doors closed, you turned and rolled your eyes. You have a, such a strong, vibrant presence. I wanted to say hello, and I wanted to tell you you're pretty. If you read this, describe who I am. I was the guy that said, Wow. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you passed by me to have a seat. Wow. Wow. That's all he got. Wow. Well, in all fairness, it's not very often you hear somebody say, Eat, Eat a, a donkey. donkey. And then give well, the finger. Right. Was it the whole donkey or a specific part of the donkey? That's <laughs> what I'm a, wondering. This might have been edited slightly. <laughs> Just think about it. You, I think you know, but I can't say it. Eat a donkey. Okay? You know. I know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you extremely aggressive. <laughs> the way that he put it was you have a strong, vibrant presence. Strong, vibrant yes, presence. That's yes, an interesting way yes, to put it. Yes. And what was the initial dispute over again? He, he, he couldn't hear it. He wasn't, he wasn't close enough. Listen, if you're going to have a fight publicly, do it loud enough that people around can hear. Because we'd like to hear the details. Since you dragged us into it anyway, I kind of want to know what's going on. Tell us the information before you tell them to eat a donkey. Excuse okay? me. Everyone gather around. Back, Quick backstory. Here's what happened. Now I'm going to tell him to eat a donkey. He bumped me with his backpack. Started with that. <laughs> eat a donkey and flipped him the bird. And somebody found that very attractive. <laughs> very attractive. There's someone for everyone, Scott. It certainly is. Amazon is shutting down their only two physical clothing stores because of online shopping. That story again, Amazon has shut down Amazon. Now that airports are competing to woo workers by offering on-site childcare, parents who drop their kids off must remember the following when picking them up. Many children look alike, so please check your child's tag <laughs> to make sure you're picking up the correct one. When removing your child, keep your hands away from the carousel and please report any unattended or suspicious-looking children. Well, some business news, Starbucks just announced plans to add 17,000 new locations by 2030. Mm. It's getting kind of nuts. Here in New York City, they just added a Starbucks inside a Starbucks. 